Welcome, guys, to another episode of the Man Up Podcast. I'll be honest, I don't even remember what number we're on now. Uh, but today we got a special guest, man. I got my boy Brandon McCatherine with us. Just taught an amazing seminar. How you doing, bro? I'm feeling real good. How are you feeling? I'm feeling damn fantastic. <laughs> That's a I good feel way to feel. Wonderful. And as, as always, I got Wes Dunham in the house. What's up, brother? What's up? What's up? <laughs> like Brandon gets on. He's like, yeah. I'm, I'm feeling fantastic. What's up? You know, I feel like, pretty good too. That was a good, good, good. Uh, class we had today. I got got that. our blood flowing a little bit. Got, got, got our knees up. loosened up. Now we're ready to sit down and yep. talk into a microphone. Y'all do a lot of belching on this podcast? We'll do as much as you want. Okay, I just wanted to check and see what the rules just are. Just knock one out right out of the gate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Straight out the front. I got to say, man, I was uh, I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the seminar today. This is my first time I've ever actually been to one. I've never been to one of your classes before at all. How dare you? I never. <laughs> we've, we've known each other for a long time, but... Uh, not, not that we lot. knew each other in auxiliary yeah. for a long like, like, like I knew who you were. Through that guy, yeah. through and that I, gym or whatever for a long time. to each other. Always friendly, of course. You know, but like I don't think we really started getting to know each other. Really probably still in New Orleans. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, when we sat down and had lunch together. We broke bread together. Yeah, brother. <laughs> so I was telling you, after, like when we were talking about what what are we going to do, what's the schedule going to be for the rest of the evening? It's up to you, Brandon. Well, then I want to sit and break bread with my friends you when we're done. Go Instead of like rushing through a lunch and then, yeah. you know, trying to. Let's sit, let's do what do our business and then we can break bread and you know commune with one another. That's what's up. Look, I um I like that though. I like I like that. It's you important, know, man. There's not enough breaking of bread going on in the country these days. Right. You know what I mean? I feel you. I feel you. It's, you can sit down across a table from somebody and share a meal together, and you can get you can get it worked out. Mm-hmm. You can probably get it worked out. You can probably find, hey, man, turns out we both like that sauce right there. That's great. Let's start there. <laughs> Just, yeah, <laughs> we I got nothing else know. together, but we love this appetizer. <laughs> right. These broccoli bites are amazing, bro. It's fantastic. I love mozzarella sticks. <laughs> Dude, join the, join the club on that. Look, look bro. So just to warn you coming on, because I know the first time you've been on, I'm a terrible interviewer, so I'm not even going to try to interview. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I'm not going to do like an interview. We don't do an interview uh, platform with our guests. It's just we're going to talk shit for an it. hour out. We two just hours. cut up the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm here for that. That's what I like. As, as Nakaya would say. As the kids <laughs> say these days. Is that, what, is that what the kids are saying? That's what I'm being told. I don't. I've realized <laughs> I was old the day that I realized I didn't know what the fuck kids were saying anymore. Yeah. Like, if you ever get on TikTok and try to scroll through and read the comment, it might as well be another even, language. I can't even read it. I don't even read TikTok. I don't even read comments on TikTok. I don't even read my own comments on TikTok. Yeah. Um, much less uh, some, you know, other people's. But There's, like, proper ways to misspell stuff. Yeah. Uh, we, we mispronounce that this way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> I remember somebody was talking about something slapped a while back. <laughs> and I was, I was like one of the first people to like around here to know that that meant that it was cool. It slapped. It's slapping. And yeah. See, that's news to me. Yeah. And uh, that's, it, that's breaking it, here on the Man Up podcast. I think that's the first time anybody ever heard that. Slaps. Keelan, have you ever heard slaps? Last night for what? the first time. My new band friend was like, ooh, that bass slaps. I was like, yeah. Well, you can say it with a, that a bass slaps because you you can slap that, well, yeah, the that's bass. Yeah, that's a maybe that's the etymology of it. Could be that might be where it comes from. Yeah, for sure. From the Yaz Club. <laughs> I have no idea, but I started hearing it and I was like, okay, I think that's so stupid. So I, as an old dude, am going to start using it all the time. <laughs> then all the young kids are going to think it's lame and Boom, they're not going to do it. 
So I started doing it, but it didn't stop shit. The young people still started saying slaps. I got started saying bro. Now I'm a habitual bro sayer, but I I started as just making fun of people saying the word bro. Yeah. And, I've, I've and heard other I'm, people say I'm that. I'm a bro sayer. Yeah, you're as I call them brosifs. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Or a bromosexual, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know what the fuck that had to do with <laughs> anything at all. Um, so, yeah, that was a good seminar. I got to say, man, from your seminar today, um, I think you might be one of my favorite jujitsu instructors. Oh, thanks, man. That was really Just give good. me time. I'll disappoint you. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, that's okay. <laughs> everybody does eventually, right? That's, every, that's like your, that's like everybody. But, but no, it was, I got to say, it was really good. It was really good. You broke things down well. Um, you saw some cool shit. Mm-hmm. And like when you recognize you had a like there was a lot of white belts in the class mm-hmm. today. And like it seemed like you like recognized that really easily and like backed up immediately. Yeah. Spent a lot of time drilling like one movement, like the opening movement, and then like back up. Let me teach you actually how to finish a heel hook. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That was so good. That, that wasn't part of the of the I, idea I today, tell. right? Yeah, I could tell that it wasn't. <clears throat> but you just like recognize that like, okay, a lot of these guys have not seen this. Let's back up yeah. and like teach. I think it's. I think that's really important. I don't want to ever like. I, it's not a. I'm not teaching a seminar to show you how much I know about jujitsu. Right. Like, oh, everybody, come to my seminar and pay me so I can show you how smart I am or right. what a jujitsu dork I am or whatever. But I, I want to make sure that I always like that you're winning the value exchange mm-hmm. in any of my classes. So, uh, you know, I'm gonna do what's good for me as well of course but i want to make sure that when you walk out of here that you walk out of here feeling like i was the servant to you not that you paid to come and sit in you know what i'm saying it should Absolutely. feel like a value exchange for sure and i, and I want you to win that exchange yeah i, I enjoyed think, it there was some good shit i think there's a that says a lot to like you know like if you're in business or anything, and you're talking about something like that, like like that should how you be how you approach everything. It right? is kind of how I approach everything. If yeah. you if you want to get paid well, or if you want to have a good reputation, or if you want to have a good relationship or whatever, like if you're going into it with that mindset of like, okay, I want to win these, this, I want to give more value than I receive in every relationship that I'm in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's probably going to be a successful relationship for you. That's going to pan out. Yeah, over the long term, right? Absolutely. And there'll be like if okay, I all I, I try to always. Like if there's a hundred points of value in this interaction between you and you and I, I want to make sure that you leave with at least 51. Right. Right. And sometimes in the short term that bites you in the butt. Mm -hmm. Oh, I should have taken what I could have got right there. That Mm -hmm. guy screwed me anyway. Dot, 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 dot. But over the long term, right. You always win like that. Yeah. Right. Cause like, I'm just going to continue to big build, uh, the biggest building. It doesn't matter if you build a big building also. I'm just mm-hmm. going to build mine a little bigger than yours. Right. You, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we don't have to be in competition in every little um, scenario. We can both win right here. I'm going to win more. Mm-hmm. I'm going to end up winning more in the long run because I won't quit. Right. But we can both win this thing. right? We can both win in this scenario right here. Right. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I, I, I think that like you start looking at like I, I use this analogy a lot. Like when you look at like how much money people get paid. Right. And it's always about like the amount of value that they give. Like if you look at like, okay, who who provides the most amount of value in a society? Well, the people who keep you out of prison for life and the people who keep you alive when you're ready to die, almost going to die. Those are the people that that's who's most known for having the highest paying jobs Mm -hmm. right now. Right. Because they're bringing the most value. They're 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 providing you a service that's more valuable than 
anybody else can your freedom in your life you know what i mean so if you approach it like i either need to provide i need to provide x amount of value to get make x amount of dollars or provide x amount of value to like x amount of people which plays a big role uh, you know what i mean i just think you're going to win when you go into it like that and this is not you know i'm not trying to like make the conversation all serious right out of the gate but i like that i like that like mindset going into like something and like you want to make the other people win yeah i'll not not just i want that because that's that's what makes me feel. I want you to win too. I want you to to leave this with a good feeling. I'll feel good about that. And so, yeah, I want everybody to leave happy for sure. Yeah, I did most definitely. It was a good seminar. I ain't gonna lie to you. For Have about, you been suns out, guns out this whole time, Wesley? Man, hell yeah, dude. I thought you were wearing a shirt a second ago. Oh, cause I just no. looked over. Homie is flexing on me. <laughs> My shoulder's sore. It's been jacked up for a couple of weeks. But I, <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed that. I took a lot away from it because I ain't gonna lie for about. Since since you were supposed to come a while back, I've been thinking. I was like, man, this gonna be some flexible skinny shit. I ain't gonna I be able to do God, nothing. I'm gonna have to turn my knee 180 degrees this way to pull it over a dude's chest. It's facing that way. I've been like, stretching for the past two days. Just but, I, but I came anyway. Just getting ready, baby. I'm just, <laughs> I was I'm sitting just, there thinking. I was like, just pulling my toes to my nose. Man. I gotta be able to do it by the time he gets here, motherfucker. Like I was thinking, <laughs> I wasn't gonna be able to do shit. But I enjoyed that. That was I enjoyed that stuff today. It was Thanks, good. Man. I think it's really important. Uh, it's important to me at least that I have a jujitsu uh, that I teach a jujitsu that anybody can learn from. Absolutely. Right. Instead of, uh, obviously I have like a bunch of weirdo characters. Like I'm super flexible through the hips and stuff now just from doing martial arts though. Yeah. Um, but not everybody can do that stuff and definitely not everybody can do that stuff the first time they see it, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, I want to try to um, emphasize the principles of jujitsu, the principles that make everything work rather than just, Hey, put your hand here. Hey, put your foot here. Step one, do this with your hand. Step two, grab him here. Rather. I try to explain that there's just a few ideas. There's just balance, weight distribution, leverage, patience, timing, perseverance, you know, momentum. It's just a couple of ideas, but if you can grasp those ideas, then everything gets better does that make sense so when you learn when i try to teach and 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 you can learn from a principled point of view then once you understand that principle that principle always applies that's why it's a principle so whether we're working on footlocks or whether we're working on mount escapes if you were actually trying to study balance weight distribution leverage patience time those things translate to both techniques so when mm-hmm. you're learning one thing you're learning everything mm-hmm. You know, so I want to teach those principles when I go and teach a seminar, when I'm trying to explain it to my students. For sure. Yeah. I think, I think that like for me, one of the most powerful things, which is like getting into that, like concepts mindset instead of a step-by-step mindset, because when you start, first start learning jiu-jitsu, you're, it's taught to you in steps. Yeah, most it has of the to time. Be. It needs you know what I mean? Be. Like, it's like, okay, well first you do this step one and you're learning that like technique. Well, today I'm learning how to do an arm bar from guard. I'm going to start off by you know, doing this step and that step and this step. And then when I like, my jujitsu didn't really budge for a long time learning that way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then when I conceptualized it and, you know, started focusing on the principles and the concepts in every position, like, okay, well, this concept applies across the board. It made my ability not to do jujitsu, but especially my ability to learn jujitsu. Mm-hmm. That was the difference. Like I could like, like I felt like, and I didn't really develop that. So I was like a black belt, almost a black belt. A, a yeah, you're belt. ready to learn for the first time. Like when you hit black belt. Like really. pe- people used to always tell me, like, 
oh, well, you know, black belt's the beginning of the journey. And I'm like, that's stupid. That's dumb. Black belt sense. is the fucking end result of the journey. Like, just like stop fucking just saying shit because you've got a black belt and you want to sound smart. You know, that shit used to piss me off. And then now I've got a black belt. I was like, oh, fuck. I now get to start learning jujitsu. Like, I'm now, like, at a level that, like, I'm start. it's starting to click for me. Yeah. Finally. And still, I'm realizing, like, how much I suck at jujitsu. And isn't it interesting what happens to you mentally once you get your black belt? Like, not only are you free because you understand things that you don't understand, like you're free to learn because right. now I know things like when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Well, the student mm. is ready at black belt, right? Yeah. But also what happens to your ego once you hit that black belt, this is the case for me at least is I stopped feeling like I had to show somebody I was good. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like it gave me that, I guess whatever outer validation that I needed, mm-hmm. even, even subconsciously, whatever validation that I was needing it gave me that and that gave me the freedom to lose in training, which is what actually opens up the learning process mm-hmm. is getting out at the edge of your current capabilities. That's where the growth happens, right? Absolutely. But it's hard to go to the edge of your capabilities if if losing is injurious to your ego. Mm-hmm. And so you get out there at the edge and you go, oh, I don't like this. And you go back to the safe spot and you win mm-hmm. and you win and you win, but you never grow because you won't expand. But once you hit black belt, there's nobody left to, you know, yeah. there's really nobody left to impress. Right. You, you're tough. You proved it. You, you know the moves. You proved it. Now just go and have your failures, and mm-hmm. now you can have the real learning. Can I, begin. I think a healthier, I think a healthier, like, relationship with failure for a lot of people, like for me it was like one of the biggest things I needed was a healthier relationship with failure. Mm-hmm. Understanding like, okay, failure is like necessary because, you know, I sat at Blue Belt for over five years and did not get better in that time significantly. Did not improve significantly in five years the whole time I had my Blue Belt. Honestly, kind of like Purple Belt, like, I mean, I've been there for five years. I got that that one and then like was, in my opinion, promoted to Brown too fast. And because I don't feel like, like in hindsight that I was at that level, you know what I mean? Like from a black belt standpoint. Um, but like the fear of losing, not in tournaments holds me back because I don't, I don't want to pull the trigger. I don't want to like, I'm so scared of failure that I'm not willing to take chances that I should take. And then if you do, and then you attack when you, when you know you can lose in tournament from doing that, not only are you losing in your tournament, but you're also losing in your training because now you're not opening up your B game. You're not like experimenting. You're not willing to, to take that tap to the smaller guy or the lower belt or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, and the bet and that, and that, and that translates to life so well too. You yeah, I know think what I mean? most like, people fail to realize that failure and success are both imposters. Mm-hmm. They're just these constructs of the mind. Like the process is what you should be measuring your worth on mm-hmm. is your processes because a, a good process produces a good product. Right. And so falling in love with the pro the product is what it is. There's so mm-hmm. many out external factors, especially like in a tournament, like only one person is walking out of here happy. Right. And you might have being you know, John Jones in the first match. If it's a 16 man you know. tournament, one guy's walking away happy. Everybody you know. else is walking away thinking that they failed. Mm-hmm. If success and failure is the, is the measurement, but those are both imposters. You can have a great, uh, tournament and come up in you know second place or just have a great match that you did something that you weren't expecting to do or whatever mm-hmm. 
but the process over the long term again over the long term the process tells the truth Mm -hmm. uh allowing failure to make you feel bad is the same error as allowing success to make you feel too good Mm -hmm. like you i can't have my self-worth tied up in the results it has to be tied up in the process i am the kind of man who does this i'm the kind of man who responds this way i'm Mm -hmm. the kind of man who puts this kind of effort into a thing and that's what ultimately produces the success in the first place yeah you see that with competitors too man you'll see guys that like they come in at white belt and blue belt and they're getting just smoked and but you can just tell they're just hustling they're grinding they're trying to be perfect and in in four years at purple belt most of those dudes that were smoking them either most of them quit most of them are not even training anymore. They're not competing anymore. They've just moved on and done. They're doing different things now. And now this guy is destroying people at purple belt. You know, you're like, but is that the same guy? I've seen that so many times. I've seen that with my students. I've had students that at white belt were just getting tooled. You know what I mean? And then they got to purple belt, and all of a sudden they're just they're they're a good competitor. Had a kid. He was like the sissiest kid I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> this kid, when he first started training, he would like moan when someone was on top of him uh, he was only like 10 you know what i mean well he like but he was like hyper intelligent super intelligent kid i think he scored like a 27 or 28 on the act his like eighth grade or freshman year mm. and then you know he ended up going to msms which is like the super smart people school where you go stay there and on the college campus and you go to school there but he like that. He, he kind of did that. He kind of like fell in love with just like the the Rubik's cube of jujitsu and solving the problem of jujitsu and the yeah. process of getting good at jujitsu. And next thing you know, he was like he would win all of his tournaments. And then he was 110 pounds, 15 pounds. He would go and compete at 155 pound adult at 14 years old and still win that division. My God. And you're just like you know because he was just like he was so intelligent. He like was able to break things down and make them you know very complex problems and very simple problems and, and just had a gift. Some people just, I didn't have it. Some people just have that gift of being able to do that though. Mm-hmm. You know I wish he I mean? was still trying. I know who you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. You know, the kid I'm talking about. Yeah. Anyway, I forgot what even brought that subject, that subject up. What are we talking about? Ruby skews of jujitsu. <laughs> well, I mean, how we got even off on that rabbit trail. I don't even know how to talking about you. I'm just, I'll rant. Yeah. I'll just, you mm-hmm. just had to wind me up yeah. and say go and I'll just rant. It was good though. There's no telling. It was good, you know. I, like, like I, I started realizing like how much I didn't know when I got to black belt too. Like brown belt, late brown belt. Yeah. When I started realizing it, like I cut a couple shots with my brown belt. I'm like, wow, I'm really bad. <laughs> I'm real bad at jujitsu. Like, like, like there's so many things I don't know how to do. There's so many things I can't, you know. And and that was like, I think that was like the moment for me. I mean, I, I always had, had self doubt, but I had a moment. I was in Oregon and I was teaching a seminar. I was a brown belt and I was teaching a leg lock seminar in Oregon. And Nathan Orchard came, and I don't know if you know who Nathan Orchard is. He's a he's one of Eddie's black belts, incredible, um, incredible jujitsu player. But he came to my leg lock seminar, and then we were rolling after the seminar, and me and Nathan we slapped and bumped and we knocked heads, and he eviscerated me. He destroyed me over and over. It was the worst beating I've ever taken. It's in like straight a nightmare grappling. scenario. I feel like yeah, when you taught the seminar. Um, well, I mean, he, we knew each other already, yeah, so, right, right, right. you know, and he's, he was a high level competitor at that time already, For sure. so we kind of knew it was going to happen, but yeah. what I didn't know was how far apart we were. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. 
And so I just on the way home, I always tell people that threw me into an existential crisis. Like I have to get significantly better or I need to move on and do something else. Yeah. And so obviously I just decided to get better, double down, but Mm -hmm. it was a, there's a lot of moments like that. We're like, "Mm, is this what, is this really what I need to be doing? Yeah. (laughs) Once a week, usually, (laughs) honestly, for real, like once a week I'll have a moment like, "Mm, is this for me? Is this this what I want to do? I don't know. You know? And well, it doesn't hurt with me either that I'm not that good at jujitsu. And I don't mean that to be self-deprecating. Okay. I'm not trying to like in the grand scheme of things, like there's, I have a long way to go. Sure, you I know, that. I get what you mean. And, um, also I suffer. We were talking about, you, you, you talked at one in New Orleans, you're talking about imposter syndrome. I've got really bad imposter syndrome where it, like I have like, it, it creates like debilitating anxiety for me to cross strain, to compete, um, anywhere that I might get exposed as a fraud at jujitsu. Mm. Um, it's like debilitating for me, you know, like I can't like the idea of me going to another school and just to show up to a class or something will make me like sweat as a black belt. That's not crazy. as bad now that I'm a black belt though. Now that I'm a black belt, I feel a little freer, but like I have like really hardcore in business too. If I'm in a room full of like other gym owners that are as equally as successful as me, I don't talk. I, I can definitely feel that way in like business scenarios, especially as like, you know, I didn't really know I was going to, be doing all this stuff and so as i Mm -hmm. as my business acumen rises i end up in rooms with higher and higher levels of business acumen around me and then i i can start to feel like oh man i need to just lay back in the cut and shut my mouth like which is good that's a good idea yeah for usually but even in situations where i know i've kind of i've earned my stripes in this little app like say social media or something i've earned my stripes right there I'll still feel, I definitely, even in that case, yeah. but it's just so much to know mm-hmm. and there's so much knowledge out there and, and you it, so it can definitely time. feel yeah. overwhelming. Yeah, Absolutely. You know, like I just, I don't know, man, it's just, it's a weird thing for me. And you would think like, uh, you know, you get over it. And when I was a lower belt, I didn't have it. Like as a blue yeah, belt, I never I had that. I didn't give a shit. But it's, it's self-imposed pressure. I get yeah. like I've talked with you about it before. I get bad competition anxiety. Yeah. Like up even when I like the moment I click the damn payment on whoever whoever it's for, that you know, mm-hmm. I submit and I'm like, all right, I'm in the I'm in the system as a competitor. And it kills me. And then I'm like, damn. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> I get it really bad too. And then the day of, I'm like, man, I'm just biting my damn finger. Just who's not as bad for me as MMA though. Shit, I, I was I always fine day of. But the week leading in and then the night before is when I'd be like, hmm, I need to find me a reason that I'm hurt or something. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the night before yeah. is when I would look, I would start like mentally looking for stuff, which, you know, generally didn't give into that. But the day of, once I got up and got to the venue, I was always cool as a cucumber after that. Mm-hmm. But. Oh, man, the day of is the worst one for me. I get, I get nervous day of. Uh, when I'm fighting, I get, ner- I get pretty nervous in the locker room. Um like, because like if I'm late in the card, I'm back there. I'm just hanging out, and I'm I'm not hitting Mitch yet. I'm just waiting for my hands to get taped or whatever. That for me is like the worst time, probably. I had a panic attack before my second fight here in Columbus, my first fight at home, and I like stood up in the room, like spun around on me real quick. Oh my god! And I, I like got out with like cold sweats and almost threw up. I had to go find like a toilet to like dry heave over. And I thought I was getting sick, and it was just a panic attack. It was an anxiety attack from, like, pre-fight anxiety. Isn't that wild? Yeah. And I won that fight in, like, 52 seconds. 
<laughs> he was wound up real tight. <laughs> I, just, I just, well, my opponent wasn't as good as I thought he was going to be. Like he looked scary, but he actually didn't know how to fight. And I got in there and found that out. Like, oh, you don't, you don't actually know anything. You just, you just like a big, strong, like hitman, like looking dude. You know what I mean? Like That's crazy. you're not, you, you're not actually skilled. That's the anxiety that gets me is because you don't know, man. They yeah. can fool you. Yeah. Oh, for that's true for sure. A lot of times it's the guys that you don't think are going to be that good. Some you little know, fat bald kid. Yeah, or some little skinny nerdy <laughs> looking kid at a competition, and then he just like rips your leg off, and you're just like, "What? How did that happen? How, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, it's not even a real move." <laughs> yeah. So you were talking about your social media. How'd you get into? So I mean, your big thing is your your online, uh, like your Jedi Academy, and you're selling instructionals online. How'd you even yeah. get into that? Um, well, I just started learning about social media back when I was still thinking I was going to be a musician, you know, as, okay. a, as a young guy. So you're doing that to like to promote your music? Yeah, to kind of learn uh, about okay. about um, the music industry and how to do it as an independent and stuff like that. Like started on MySpace, you know what I mean? Like just trying to figure old. out. Yeah, super old. Uh, trying to figure out how to make people go to your MySpace profile and started learning like you've heard me talk about that uh kevin kelly the thousand true fans right that's when i learned that that's what that's from is i learned that um trying to learn about music promotion and stuff like that and so that's how i kind of got into doing social media and so each social media kind of works the same no matter what the platform is principally it works the same right Mm -hmm. and so it's just a matter of like getting in sync with the algorithm and how the platform works and stuff like that but it all kind of works the same so once you have that down you can kind of ac- apply it across different channels different mediums what made you decide to do that for jiu-jitsu instead of like owning it just own because you own a gym mm-hmm. but why like what made you decide to make that shift to social media well there's only fifty thousand people in the city that i live in mm-hmm. uh, so it's probably about the same size here huh about half here it's half. oh it's so like 23 oh yeah so even smaller yeah so uh, you only have a certain number of people that you can pull from. I mean, the pool is 23,000 people. For me, right. the pool is 55,000 people. Well, look, only a certain number of those people want to learn jujitsu. Right. And only a certain number of those people are going to be qualified. Mm-hmm. And then only a certain number of those do I want to mess with and have in my gym. You know? Right. So the talent pool is, is small to begin with, or the potential client pool is small to begin with. But the potential client pool online is every person alive pretty much yeah. right and so instead of fifty-five thousand, i could work with let's just say in the united states 330 million well if i only need a thousand clients to live the lifestyle that i want to lead it's going to be way easier to pull a thousand clients from 330 million than it is to pull a thousand clients from fifty-five thousand. right so just that basic principle is what made me want to start expanding into the online space. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I, you know, I've thought about, I've thought about branching out. One of the things is podcast, just full disclosure and everybody on the podcast knows one of the reasons I started this was to move in a different direction because, yeah. because of that limitation you're talking about, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I didn't feel like, I don't feel like, you know, like I'm offering anything in jujitsu, like to go online with my jujitsu. And I don't know that's the direction I want to go anyway, but, um, but that was one of the reasons why. And I thought about like, man, do I like I'm never going to make the money that I want to make doing this. So I yeah. need to go and do something else, which I've thought I've thought several times because I never thought that I'd be making the money that I'm making now. 
for doing real. this like holy shit like <laughs> i was if I, I thought at one time i was if i could just get 60 people to give me 50 dollars a month dude i remember then, those days yeah, very vividly. like i can i can have my gym open and just run yeah. it you know and i can just like do jujitsu and i don't have to worry about anything else and um what's crazy is i could not get 60 people to give me 50 dollars a month for so long in that while so long just a mindset shift and a difference in knowing what you're doing and not you know right now i've got on paper some of these are passed i've got like 370 clients here you know and but and i promise you not if if any of them are paying 50 dollars a month it's because they signed up 10 years ago uh, <laughs> you know like let's it, i don't know it's just it's crazy but when you start thinking about like you said getting online and using your social media it just opens it up yeah and it it, it allows me as I've gotten better at that and that's become, oh, that was a an idea that I had that was actually good. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I started to get better at it. I've had the website now for six years. Oh, wow. You know, so there wasn't a lot of people doing it, mm-hmm. especially not a lot of people who weren't like world champions and stuff like that. Right. really wasn't anybody who nobody knew that was trying to do a website online. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I'll be honest, like in terms of um, when I'm buying material online for jujitsu jujitsu specifically i'm not a fan and um, i hope they're not listening to this podcast i'm sorry don't come beat me up if you are oh but please do uh yeah i'd actually you know come (laughs) roll and don't don't beat me up too bad uh but like like i'm not a fan of like the bushes and the the really great competitors most of the time don't they it's just not as good like and i don't mean that in terms of it can be that way like there's a few exceptions you know what I mean? Like, there's a few. Like, Gordon Ryan, I think his instructionals are phenomenal. Obviously, he's the best competitor right now. I can't think of yeah, anybody. No yeah, I mean, I no can't think of anybody ever that is better, you know. Um, and he also has really good instructional content. His instructional content is detailed. It's, he, he explains things well. Um, but in my experience, like, I've bought a lot of content from a lot of people. And a lot of times, like, what I look for now, I don't care if it's striking or grappling. I do not care. I almost never buy content from famous fighters, I buy it from their coach. Mm. I go look for Smart. the famous fighters' coaches, and like even though theirs isn't selling, like I, I own almost every John Donaher instructional that he has out. Yeah, smart. Um, I think I'm missing one, or I don't remember which one it is, but like all of them, because it's like okay, clearly this guy has the system that's winning. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this guy's got the system. I mean, there's a lot of winning systems out there. Obviously, his guys aren't the only people winning, but clearly he's creating a a, a product. Over and over again, he's out producing of results. He must yeah. have a process that I That's need to working, understand. That's right. right. So, so like, I bought everything he's got now. But then I'll turn around. And I'll buy that. This guy's a ten-time world champion, and it'd just be garbage. And I'm just like, I already know how to do all this shit, and I think I might know the like concept behind it better than you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, well, you know what, man? Jujitsu is a skill set. Competing in jujitsu is a sep- separate skill set. Absolutely. Teaching jujitsu is another separate skill set. Right. And then owning a business is a separate skill set as 100%. well. 100%. And most people don't do all four very well. Uh-uh. You know, I competed at an okay, like regionally, I did pretty well, but I was never going to be the world champion. Right. That was not yeah. in the cards, you know. So that part, take that off the table. So I'm down to only three out of those four skills. So jujitsu, feel pretty good teaching i can invest in that skill set and grow that or and then business owning the business i can invest in that skill set and grow that but as a competitor that's almost just like for me there's just no passion for that for Mm -hmm. me Uh, i just want to train and do and enjoy and there's some uh, becoming a world champion one thing about a a goal like that and and i know that's a lot of people's goals when they get in anything they want to be a world champion 
one thing about that is there's a lot of when you I don't care if you're talking about going to the NFL, the baseball, um, you know, world champion in jiu-jitsu at this especially now, like there's some lot of non-controllable factors that go into that. That's right. Like, do you even have the athletic capability to compete at a world championship level? And there's a lot of delusion. I mean, yeah. I, mm-hmm. And I, it makes you sad when you see it because you don't want to tell somebody. I, I know. You, yep. Man, you can't. But I'll mm-hmm. tell y'all a story that uh, just illustrate it. Like, there was a guy one time that came to our gym and he was in a wheelchair like his his legs didn't work jake like they didn't work i'm really glad tyler's not here today for this story you go know ahead. what i'm saying yeah but he would have took it a whole different direction yeah go ahead <laughs> yeah well but he had convinced nobody had told him the truth in his whole life like no no you yeah. can't be the ufc champion like you you don't your legs don't work bro d- dude and was completely appalled that I wouldn't cater to that, to that delusion. Was he also mentally a little off? No, I mean, only because he'd never, only because nobody ever loved him enough to tell him the truth. Yeah. You know, and so there's a, now that's an extreme, I use that because that's an extreme example. You you see that. But there's a lot of people, dude, that don't know they can't sing until they're on American Idol in front of everybody. Yeah. Nobody told you along the way the truth or helped to guide you in a place where you could get to your actual goal set. Mm-hmm. And I see that in martial arts. Yeah. When, when somebody says world champion to me, I almost just shell up and hide. Like mm-hmm. I know this is going to be a disaster. Yeah, there was a time. <laughs> yeah, there was a time I, I thought that. There was, a, there was a time like I was convinced, dude, for way longer than I should have been, that I was going to be a UFC champion one day. Like, convinced but yours wouldn't be delusional it would just be you probably didn't understand how much how how deep the levels go exactly exactly but that's not delusion because you weren't you're athletic guy you know like willing to put in the work and clearly you stayed with it long enough to start to understand the levels right right but i'm talking about people who just just don't have any business yeah don't have any idea about the kind of work that is required. Like Absolutely. You saw this on TV and you thought it looked, oh, I could go do that. Like you can't even stand up off the floor without <laughs> getting kicked in the skull. Right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, and you sorry. see it. Mm-hmm. You see, I see it every day in here. Everywhere. Every I gym mean, in the world yeah, sees it. I see it every day. And and I will I will tell people like, I have guys come in, they tell me they want to be world champion. I'm just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. All right, let's just talk about your first amateur fight first and what I'm going to need from you for you to even get there. And if you turn your nose up at that at all, you should just leave. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'll tell people like, okay, for your first fight, here's what I need. I need four days a week for the next year without missing. I need you to pay your gym dues just like everybody else because you know everybody thinks they're going to be a fighter. They don't want to pay. Because they're like, oh, well, I'll be famous, and then you'll make a lot of money then. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, bro, just stop talking. When you are famous, there still won't be any money. <laughs> That's right. You know, you don't understand. You don't get how this works. You know, and then, um, you know, and I, I'm like, you know, this is what I need. You're, you're not going to get to spar with anybody in striking for like so many months, and I'm you don't even get to like be in my radar of people. I'm looking to possibly get a fight for 12 months. If you make it to work with the team at all. You're a dummy for the people who have fights coming up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you get to to that practice, that invite only practice, you know what I mean? Like you're there to make them look good, to make them better, make them good, not look good, but yeah. to be good. And then a lot of people are just like, 
I had this guy. I swear to God, this is this is no bullshit. This is a true story. It didn't happen that long ago. Um, Wes can confirm this story. Um, I think Mo can also confirm this story. I had this guy come in, and he was like, man, I want to go to the UFC. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. I'm like, look, I mean, let's just stop right there. Let me talk about what I'm going to need from you to be a fighter, right? Um, and he was like, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. Three days later, he sends Hannah a message, and he's like, hey, don't tell Jake, <laughs> but I booked a fight in Ohio or Iowa. Yeah, somewhere up north. Uh, I can't wait that long. I can't wait anymore. I'm ready to fight. Um, yada, yada, yada. And he wanted Hannah to go corner him behind my back. <laughs> right? Go, like, go corner him. And he was like, he had the audacity. This is a local amateur show in Iowa. And he's like, uh, it could be a really good opportunity for you to meet some people or whatever. Like he's like catering to her. Like I'm doing you a favor by letting you come corner me at this event. Um, and I, I brought him in. I was like, Hey, well, first off, you can't train here anymore. Just bring your gear back. Um, cause this is not, this isn't gonna be a good fit. Like you can't train here. Um, but let me tell you how the world works. Okay. When you call a promoter in Iowa and tell them that you want to fight, um, and they're gonna and they're willing to f- bring you in to fight this local guy. Okay? You're about to get hurt. This is about to hurt real bad, buddy. Like this is not gonna be good for you. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like tell me this. Why does somebody does a promoter in Iowa? Why are they willing to f- bring in some dude that's been training for three days? They're gonna cover your expense to get there. You've been training three days, and they're gonna do that to come let you fight in Iowa. You ain't selling no tickets. You ain't got no fans. Let's just do the math real quick. Let's just do it. He couldn't get it. He went. He fought the dude. And from what I, how do you think it went, Brandon? I'm interested. Do I need to complete the story? Well, I never saw the fight. I've never seen the fight. Um, his dad called up later, interested in joining, and it went like I said, according to his dad, as you would imagine, because no experience whatsoever. Dude, three days, and he wasn't that good. He wasn't like he wasn't like he wasn't like oh man like this dude is exceptionally talented. Dude, this guy's six months. He's he, gonna be something else. Yeah, he wasn't like except <laughs> like you know and those those people are out they, they wrestle and they come in. And you're like oh dude, this dude's he just started but he's a beast. You know what I'm saying? Uh, no, no, he wasn't. You know like what that. we were talking about? I say this all the time, but we were talking about this on the way over. Is most people really overestimate how much they can accomplish in a day? But they totally underestimate how much they can accomplish in a year. Yeah, and I've also heard you can under overestimate what you can do in a year and underestimate what you can do in five. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Sure. Like 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 a year is a long time of consistent action. Yeah, you know you're not gonna come in here and work out for eight hours in one day doing jujitsu and be amazing at jujitsu. But if you'll just you know do, and this is true in anything, and I'm just using jujitsu because that's the common ground that you know everybody in here pretty much shares. You know, but. Um, it's a really good metaphor for everything. It doesn't matter what it is. It's like I was talking to a guy, and I don't do, you know, um, I know Brandon, I know you do some consulting with people. I don't, but I have, I have people that will t- text me and ask me questions, and he was like, man, um, another jujitsu guy, man, I don't even, I can't even put this ad up, man. I've got this ad, it's terrible. I just watched yours, and you look, it was funny, and, and it, it looked, you know, whatever. I was like, mine's nothing like that. And I'm like, dude, you're not going to be good at it when you first start. Post the ad. Just yeah. post that shit. It's gonna suck. Go look at my first ads. They were awful, 
awful. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Yeah, and, and don't I, even know how don't even know how embarrassed you should be in yeah, the beginning. Absolutely. <laughs> like I was making offers, like the worst offers you could imagine. <laughs> like offers that like we we're looking for as many people as we can to do you know what I mean? Like just nonsense a piece. Yeah, dude, I sold your, I, I used your to, first year for a dollar. I, I dude, I did, <laughs> with another company taking a large percentage of it, I used to do these kickboxing like uh, Groupon things. things. I dude, I would kill it though. Dude, we'd make we would sign a lot of members, right? But it was ten dollars a week, forty dollars a month for fitness kickboxing, right? Here's the problem. I only have six packs. <laughs> and, and and I would sell a hundred and fifty memberships in a week and a half to two weeks. In two weeks I'd sell I'd sell a hundred to hundred. Between my lowest one was like seventy five and then I would or I would do like a hundred and fifty in like two weeks. It That's that Memphis B J J David Ferguson model boy. It was but it was it was half what he charges. Yeah. And I was losing money hand over fist. And because I because and I had this company that was taking twenty twenty percent of it because they were they it was their thing. They were running the ad and everything. Yeah. And uh I had three hundred, four hundred clients and I was negative three thousand dollars in my bank account. Cause I was having it by the time I paid all my stuff and like was paying all my instructors. It's a sad day, man. Yeah, dude, it was insane. I got to ride. All right, bro, be good. I appreciate the the what? knowledge today. I enjoyed that. Wes yeah, is man. lame. He can't stay for the whole podcast. Uh, we, had, we had prior engagements. I hate it. That's all good. Yeah, we could bring Keelan into his spot right here. Yeah, sure. You want to jump in, Keelan? Come on, Conscious Key. <laughs> Keelan's the real genius behind my brand, dude. That's what you've told me. He's the real genius. Mo, Mo is becoming my real genius because he's he's out, he's becoming my Keelan. Mo, who's behind the camera, he never gets to be on the podcast. We call him Silent Mo on the podcast. <laughs> solid Mo. Si- silent. Oh, silent. Like Mo. Silent Bobby. <laughs> silent Mo. He's just quiet. He's in the corner doing his own thing. Put them headphones. It's just like on a regular pair of headphones, in. man. It's just like a regular pair of headphones. What you think? Give us a little test. Check. Check. Everyone needs a Keelan. Everyone needs it. Keelan says everyone needs a Keelan. If I was Keelan, I'd probably think the same thing, bro. Like, hey, bro, get you a Keelan. What's up? <laughs> if if everybody's looking for a Keelan, you will never have to worry about a job. Talk about val- providing value. Yeah, there's only one. You're the only one. I don't even know anybody else named Keelan. Hmm. I knew one guy. He's a black guy. Yeah. All right. There you go. There you go. Only one other Keelan, and he's black. And so y'all can't so, get confused because you are Caucasian. <laughs> <laughs> super, super Caucasian. Super white. Looking like he just walked off the set of the Vikings and like, <laughs> got a haircut. You know what I'm saying? I'm way whiter than I even think I am. I was saying that on the way up here. I was watching a video of myself. I don't get on that side of the camera too much, but when I do, I'm like, man, I'm lanky and super white. <laughs> Pale, bro. Pale, homie. Oh, man. Yeah. So what were we talking about before? Man, I don't even know. We were talking about, I mean, I know we're talking about, oh, just sucking at things. Sucking at things first. Yeah. That was, it's been, I I swear to you, that has like been the hardest thing for me. Like this reason, uh, I said this on a live video because I did a live video earlier this week about imposter syndrome and I bought this equipment two years ago. All this, all this, Uh, the laptop, all this. And I could not get myself to post an episode for a year. I made a ton of them. I did one with Alan. I had Alan come on. I had an interview with Alan Belcher. Couldn't post it. Before the audio sucked but and was kind of unusable. But it was just also just embarrassment. It was also a really sucky episode because I suck at doing it. I tried to do it like an interview. Uh-huh. Oh, holy fuck, I'm a bad interviewer, dude. I don't know how Oprah that's and Bob skill too. do it. That's a skill. Holy shit. Everything's I'm, a skill set. That's You know, that's what you were talking about how jujitsu is a great way to learn. Yeah. Jiu-jitsu is a great way to learn that uh, there's a process to acquiring any skill. Mm-hmm. And I like jujitsu as a as a way to learn that idea because there's an immediate feedback loop. Like, oh, when I don't uh, do this right, 
somebody grabs my arm and they try to break it. Like there's an immediate feedback loop with consequence on the right. other side of doing it incorrectly or, or rushing through it or whatever principal mistake that you make you now. Okay. Well, that's how I, I avoid that mistake as a musician or I avoid that mistake as a businessman or as a husband or whatever. Yeah. So I, I really think jujitsu is just the, the best platform for learning how to learn. Yeah. I think, I think getting kids into it and like teaching those, like when you get a kid into it, if you can get them in as young as you can, not to learn jujitsu, but to learn that, like to learn yeah. like the, the processes of things and like how to lose. Cause if you do jujitsu, you're going to lose. You know what I mean? It's just a yeah. matter of time. Yeah, it can competition or in the gym. It didn't take me long to learn that you were going to lose a lot. Yeah. I learned that right away. I didn't, man. You're going to be losing a lot. I was big and athletic. My and wife was kicking my butt. <laughs> so we started at the same time, and in the oh, beginning, really? she's a she's an actual athlete. I was uh, overweight and never a strong athlete to start with. Boy, she was waxing me. Really? Yeah. Wow. How long have y'all been together? Um, in May, we've been married 20 years. What? I was not expecting to hear y'all been together. But y'all got older kids too, right? My son is about to turn 16. That's my daughter's about to turn 13. Because y'all don't seem that old. How old are you? He's like, man, you're old, but it just don't seem like you're that well, old. Well, you are old. You have a, almost adult children. So 40. That, okay. So that's not that old, but we, you know, we, y'all got started pretty young. Yeah, I yeah, feel like it's way older. We met. Are you sure it's just 40? <laughs> uh, I don't know if you noticed, but um, I hate you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what was I saying? Uh, we got we started dating when uh, I was 17. She was 16. Wow. So we've been together ever since. Dang. Crazy. That's insane. Yeah. High school sweethearts. I don't yeah, know. You kinda. might have been dropped out, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I seemed like I dropped out, but I actually <laughs> did graduate. I don't Just know your story. My, the perception of my education level uh, <laughs> definitely indicates that I dropped out, but I didn't. I actually finished. Yeah, we've been dating since high school. Crazy. Yeah, I, I do. The same. I actually graduated from a private school. And you'd never, you would just be like, oh, this kid, he learned how to read on a farm somewhere. Yeah, that, and then, oh, Brandon learned to read in prison. That's good. Good for, <laughs> good him. for him. He was improving yeah, his oh, life. Oh, that's great, man. Yeah. I'm so proud of him. <laughs> you you know, by my vocabulary, like, you're just like, oh, he just uses the F word for everything. He was <laughs> raised in an orphanage. All right. <laughs> like, you, wait, Brandon has two college degrees and he still acts like that? <laughs> do you have two college degrees? I do. Yeah. I didn't know that. And what? <laughs> I have a degree in, I have a bachelor's in theology. Oh, wow. And I have a bachelor's in business administration wow. with a minor in marketing. Dang. So you were like prepped up going into the gym business then, huh? Nope. <laughs> no. Uh, honestly, the theology degree has helped me more than the business degree. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just had to learn, just learning in business school, by the time you learn something, it's already outdated. Right. Especially, Especially marketing. marketing. Yeah. Which now, was my emphasis. Yeah. Marketing in 2000. I mean, marketing in 2021 is not the same as marketing in 2020. That's correct. With cor well, like, like Corona, Corona, and then the Facebook algorithm changed and stuff. Everything changed. Everything mm -hmm. shifted. It shifted my entire model behind my marketing. Everything I do is different. Yeah. And nothing looks the same anymore. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's, that's in the past. That's happened in six months. Not in wild. six months. Man, we just started building. Our idea was, or my idea was, I just wanted to build like a, a media empire around uh, the, around jujitsu. And yeah. then I would, I would just be the facilitator of it, not necessarily right. the star of the show, but I would just build, I would make everybody around me into a star. That way we could have content all the time. Yeah. Like, oh, Scaff gets a podcast and Scaff gets an instructional and we're, 
oh, we're going to have a tournament. It's not going to be brand the Brandon show. It's going to be everybody in this thing together and we all become the stars of the channel, mm-hmm. not the one guy that's the star of the one show. And so when we that's the it been the emphasis for us uh, in our marketing for yeah, coming on what how long you been working for me directly? Like just with me. Two uh, years, three mm, years? For sure three. We're in yeah. our third going on four. I think that's uh crazy. That's something I struggle with in terms of but not because I'm is an attention hog thing for me. Um, for me it's a trust thing. Um, and a scarcity mindset thing. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm afraid if I invest too much of my media attention, like who I allowed on my gym ads, like I wouldn't let anybody but me do an ad. Like I wouldn't let anybody else talk on an ad but me because I'm like, you may leave in six months and start your own school or, you know what I mean? And it, it comes from a place of scarcity. You know what I mean? That's where you're thinking, like, because you're thinking, like, I don't want to build other people up. I just want to build myself up. And if I build other people up too much, they're going to leave me. Or, you know, then I'll never find another one. Or, you know what I mean? Like, that was the mindset that I still to this day struggle with heavily. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think that'll always be the case if you don't believe that there's enough. Yeah. Like, if you want to have that abundance mindset and operate from a an abundance mindset. You have to believe that there is enough for everybody yeah. to win. I and think there's enough for you to have enough right. and everybody else to have, or yeah. whoever else is involved to have enough as well. You know where I've developed a, a scarcity mindset and more than, I, I know there's enough money out there. I've proven in a town of 23,000 people. You can, you can make, you it can happen. make it happen anywhere. Yeah. I mean, not only is this a small You're town, a great testament to that, honestly. Well, thank you for sure, man. It's inspiring. Like not only is this a small town, you're talking about an average income of around 20,000 a year here. Yeah, it's a like we're it's a very poor area. There's 23,000 people here and most of them live under the poverty line. Like it's majority like poor people. Yeah. You know, and so I'm not saying that you can do the same thing I, I did in a, you know, a 2000 person town. But for most people, like there's plenty of money out there. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of there's plenty of let me tell you where I have the most limited mindset is people. There's not enough. I know there's enough people, and I have I, it's. And I had an epiphany the other day. I'll tell you my epiphany. I was telling somebody this the other day, but I'll tell you my, my problem first because it's the Jake Show apparently. Um, yeah, I think it is you, the Jake Show. Yeah, I'm going to say you my problem. Uh, <laughs> no, we uh, the. I've always had this issue like, okay, there's not enough good help out there. There's not enough people that fit my culture, that fit what I need, that'll work for the amount of money I want them to work for, whatever. There's not enough people out there. There's not enough people out there, right? Um, and everybody you know in business, what's the no, number one thing? People with companies, the hardest thing to find is what? Good help. Employees, yeah. Good help. Good employees. Good because and, and to be honest, they're not easy to find. Just legitimately. But I had an epiphany in Starbucks the other day. Okay. Okay. Check it out. I live in a very conservative southern town. Okay. We're about 65% black. 60 to 70% black. Okay. Um, it's a very small town. Everybody here is a red voting. You know, if every white person here pretty much is red voting, beer drinking, shooting shotgun, good old boy. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it's pretty. But Mississippi, you know, dude. It's Mississippi. We're in North Mississippi on the Alabama state line. It's exactly what you think here. Okay, let's be honest. Yeah. I went in Starbucks. You know who worked in Starbucks? Who? Exclusively Starbucks kind of people. Mm. It's all people with colored hair and nose rings and they're like super liberal and all about you wearing your mask and they believe that shit, man. They believe and I'm talking there's twenty people behind the counter that fit that model 
in Columbus. In Columbus, Mississippi. They packed their employees out with exclusively Starbucks motherfuckers. People that you would think if you were in Seattle, Washington. That's a powerful lesson, actually. Would take what you want from the description of the of the town and the description of who works at Starbucks. It's a powerful it illustration. That's yeah. that was the point. I'm not trying. Yeah, I'm not trying to to like diss on. I'm 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 complimenting that when your culture's right and you're doing things right and you don't work out of that place if there's not enough people, you'll find that dude. If if like your culture's dialed in. There's enough people, no matter where you are. Because I was just in there. And then there was somewhere else I went. It was the same thing, Ulta Beauty. I went into Ulta Beauty, right? Because um, I would like to look pretty on the weekends. Word. And, uh, I mean, who doesn't need a nice foundation just to cover up your blemishes? Uh, isn't that what foundation does? I don't know. I'm not real sure. I've never actually worn makeup. Uh, I was in there getting some stuff. And uh, I look around, same thing. Same thing. It was like dudes in makeup who were like helping these girls find makeup. And you're like, dude, we're in Columbus, Mississippi. Where are you finding these people? Because if your culture's dialed in a certain way, if you've built a product that attracts a certain type of person or a certain type of employee, you tend to find that employee. You know what I mean? It's just about like, it, it is like a, it comes down to like a, like a mindset and, and, um, just understand like not being so scarce in your thinking yeah and 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 you know I, I would use an excuse all the time i would need an employee instead of actually going out and really grinding to find somebody that fit what i needed i would just complain about needing a new employee and just work the ones i had to death because it's like well there's nobody out there you know what i mean there's nobody out there we just yeah. gotta wait for them to show up my policy on hiring is real simple now and this is just what i've come to we've had the business for coming on 10 or actually coming on 11 years now and my policy is I only hire samurai. I like that. You know, I've heard I, you say this before, but it's really powerful. Uh, I only hire people that, regardless of what task I give them, they'll give, they'll dedicate themselves to becoming excellent at it. Yeah. Regardless of what the task is. So, like when I hired Keelan, how much video experience did you have, Keelan? Mm, I mean, like I took pictures with my cell phone. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. about it. He sent a couple of dick pics back in his high school days, maybe. Hey, glory days. You know. More than a few. <laughs> uh, somebody. <laughs> somebody was on the receiving end of those things, I know. There's a leaked video somewhere. <laughs> hey, man. But, yeah, that I was I feel it. like dick pics are the perfect way to hone your photography skills because you're trying to get the perfect angle. You want to look good. You're trying to, like, you're trying to get every inch you can, every you centimeter you can. Yeah. Perfect angle, perfect lighting. That's how you learn how to take pictures, man. Uh, I understand. I, I never really developed as a photographer. I grew up in a time when there were no there were no dick pics. <laughs> oh, that's right, because you're yes. old again. Yeah, old. Revisiting the fact yeah. that you and Jesus <laughs> went to school together. <laughs> so. I owe Moses a nickel. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I had no experience going in. I mean, he just had no one to do it, and I was like, I mean, I can like point the camera at you, and I was like super into training for free, so that was really it. Well, you had proved yourself a samurai by that time like no no this guy whatever he puts his hand on he does it with all his might mm -hmm. you know and so eventually i just as i come up with a task i look for the i look for a samurai that it, and then do they have some natural proclivities towards that and then i'll start narrowing it down but mm -hmm. the first the first step in the process is identify the task that needs to be done or the need, the hole that's not being filled in the business or whatever that is. And then 
I start to seek samurai that can fill that role and then we'll narrow down who's actually available to do it who's whatever mm-hmm. yeah that's that's something you see when my S's are really loud for some reason that's something you see I've noticed with my employees is the ones who and it's natural it's, I, of course of course this is like it sounds obvious from like a logical standpoint of course that's the person you want but like if you're not actively seeking that out you know in your employees like beforehand and, and after the fact too you know because i think a little bit of a, like for for me for my salespeople, i don't force them to do outside of the gym training but i yeah. give recommendations for books podcasts things hey if you guys want to get better at sales don't just think about like the, the sales training i give you in here go learn sales and the go ones learn. that are samurai will excel yeah and they and will the rest go, will fall by the wayside yeah, they'll go and they'll listen to those podcasts they will and if they're true samurai they're they're doing it on their own they should like brandon yeah. will send me stuff it used to be a lot of gary v videos on you know documenting versus creating and dude i was watching hours and hours of that stuff anyways once we got into it you know i was mm. trying to hone my craft like oh you need me to make a video okay, I need to learn how to make videos real yeah. good. I want to make the best video I can do. Yeah. And so, yeah, going out of my way was just part of that. Like I was telling Mo, like, dude, I had no experience getting in either. I learned everything I know about creating videos off of YouTube and tr- and like and, failing. And tasking. Yeah, like, can you do this? I'll try. Yeah. And then like either I could do it or I couldn't. And then if I couldn't, then I realized that there was a problem and then I found out how to figure out that problem, you know, and just over time the skill develops just like we were talking about earlier with yeah. jujitsu. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a, that's a valuable skill, not being able to do video, which is a valuable skill, but just like, I don't think everybody has that. I, I don't, Agreed. I don't think most people just have that. Agreed. The majority of people don't have that. You know what I mean? I would say 90 something percent of people are just, I think that maybe if they were doing something that, that it, like they were more passionate about, it may help. But the the fact of the matter, the sad fact of the matter is, most people just don't have the gear. You know what I mean? They just it's it, just I'm, a fact. Yeah, they just don't have it, and and that's the reason. Or or they're not. They don't trust themselves. There's there's so much anxiety mm-hmm. about the result that they're not willing to dig in and find out if they have that yeah, gear. Right. Like you ever? I can't remember who, um, what the poem is. I think this was. I think. Dang, I think it's Maya Angelou, but I can't remember exactly. But she said, it's not our potential darkness that frightens us. It's the potential of how much light we have inside. Like, right. here's what I what I could become mm-hmm. frightens me. Uh, and so I don't want to like, – people will expect things of me, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Or I'll – what will it mean when I give my best and I fail? What will that, that mean about yeah, me? Yeah, that's the scariest part for me. You know, so yeah. it's it's the – potential mm-hmm. light that we have inside of us that actually frightens us away mm-hmm. i think it's something i see i see this with fighters a lot um when you compliment them constantly about oh, man you're gonna be the next best thing in the world oh you're gonna be you, you, have, you have so much potential you oh you're gonna be amazing you're gonna be great you're gonna be oh yeah they never make it they can never get out they can never conquer I had I've had this happen twice recently I had this super young athletic kid he wrestled in high school he had I mean his boxing was really good at good hands he goes and fights in my fight he's 17 just turned 17 years old or yeah he's like 17 and a half I don't but he was 17 years old and throttles this kid this adult man um throttles him takes his second fight 
and got clipped. It was a good fight up to that point. He just got clipped, man. The guy got a, got an angle on him, and he clipped him. Happens. And he went down. And he, like, storms out of the cage. And I sit down with him, like, hey, bro, look. It's part of the process. There's, you know, whatever. He had UFC champions so heavy on his mind that losing at that low level wasn't acceptable. And he never fought again. He never, he couldn't do crazy? it. He was done. He That's training. such a common thing you see with yeah. young people. Uh, so, like, my family, my kids, yeah. It's not Logan. You're so good at jujitsu. This mm-hmm. is not the way that we compliment. Yeah, Logan. I see the work you're putting in. Absolutely. You can't help but get good if you keep doing what you're doing. That's Absolutely. the way we run the compliments. Yep. But uh, this is a, uh, there's a lady, a researcher named Carol Dweck, and she talks about the growth mindset versus like the learner mindset, right? Mm-hmm. And the learner mindset is that the reward is found in the process, not in the product. If I tell you as a child, hey. Uh, you did great on that test. You're so good at math. Okay, great. But what happens when the difficulty increases and now the grade comes back as a C? If if the grade told you whether you were good or not, then now you just, now I must not be good at math. Right. I made an A, I must be good at math. I made a C, I must be a D, I must be bad at math. Mm-hmm. Right. But what you don't understand is that math is just getting good at math is a process just mm-hmm. like everything else right so don't reward you made an a you must be good at math oh you made an a you must have done the work that is required to make an a yeah that's you gospel must, you must have done what is needed to be done to make an a gospel there's there's um i'll tell you I, you see this with students a lot and i like the fact you use grades there because you'll have people when i was in high school i was like kind of a hardcore slacker yeah. You know what I mean? I get it. I was a smart kid, and I was smart enough to be able to pass all my classes with doing zero work. Word. Okay? I didn't have A's. I wasn't an A student. I didn't ace every test, but I was hard. I was smart enough that I could sleep through most classes. Pay attention a's, a little bit when you needed to. Half-ass sort of pay yeah. attention and then get by. And people always used to tell me, Jake, you're so smart. You could be an A-plus student if you wanted to be. And that's what everybody wants to tell the slacker in the school. Because every every school has one. Every class has one, probably multiple, where they're really highly intelligent. Keelan's pointing to himself. They're, oh, really, yeah, they're really highly intelligent, but they're just a slacker. And one of the reasons you see that is because teachers won't stop fucking telling them how sm- they could be a straight-A student if they just apply them and they're so special. Because now I'm fucking worried if I ever did apply myself, I'm going to let everybody down because I'm mm. actually fucking stupid. And so I'm never going to apply myself now. Now I'm going to be a slacker for the rest of my life. Now don't get me wrong. I kind of glad I was a slacker because I got to do a lot of really fun stuff in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I passed and I didn't need a degree anyway. It turned so out it worked out okay it, in this in particular this scenario. Very particular scenario. But but you know what when you talk about that you still deal with uh, performance anxiety and imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. those things are born, you know, the, they find their root probably in that yeah. that right there like mm-hmm. that it you were rewarded without doing the work without doing the without mm-hmm. learning the process right yeah yeah and with like well I'll tell, I'll tell you this when i used to fight i've told this on here before but just because it's relevant um like i said back in the day i told you earlier i was convinced i was going to the ufc i was going to the ufc then I, I lost one but it was short notice it was against one of allen's it was like one against allen's better guys ryan caprari um, I took it on two days, cut like a ton of weight. I was fighting one seventy at the time. Ah, okay, that might just be. Then I lost another one in a row, and I was like, oh, well, it's because I'm not, 
I was I had like a little yeah you find here. things to lean in on instead of then you. I had a full camp and I lost back to back fights first to Eric Anders understandable um, understandable yeah he's fighting tonight by the way oh really I didn't know that yeah, he's on the UFC tonight um then I lost this was the one that hurt me I lost a split decision to a guy named Zebulon Stroud okay now Zebulon was not special unlike Eric who was clearly right yeah. Zeb wasn't Zeb was just a hardworking dude right he's just really tough gritty never got tired he beat me by split decision um I was done fighting even though I liked fighting I enjoyed fighting. I like getting in the cage and fighting. Not, not everybody does. But when that cage door closes, I'm having fun usually. Okay? I quit fighting because I realized I wasn't special. I was like, oh. I've, and I fought two times like years later since then. But I was like, oh, shit. I'm not going to be the next George St. Pierre. I'm not the next John Jones. There's only like one of those people in a generation usually, you know? And I was like, when I realized that wasn't me, I was done. I was like, oh, don't give a shit about this anymore. I'm not special. I'm not. I'm not the guy. You know, I'm not going to be a world champion and undefeated at 25 years old and, you know, be the next John. You know what I mean? And mm. so when I realized that, which was a fact, because there's levels to this. For sure. You know what I mean? It's a fact. I, I was not going to go be. Even yeah, I'm not going to be the world champion. Yeah. I never was going to be the world Even champion. if I moved to Coconut Creek, Florida, or I went to American Top Team in Coconut Creek, Florida, or AKA, and I went to those camps and immersed myself in it, and I trained twice a day, there's a possibility I might have fought for Bellator or UFC undercard a couple times. And I, if, I you'd, this, if you'd have really sacrificed had your I life, really sacrificed my life and went all in, I would have had maybe two fights on an undercard, not on a pay per view. I might could have got the call for a contender series had I sacrificed everything. Maybe, probably not. I probably would have peaked at when Bellator came to Memphis and they needed some local pros. <laughs> and you know what I mean? Yeah. And they, that's probably where the peak was going to be. I was I was probably going to be a gatekeeper for good pros to go to LFA or something. Now let's draw the other side of that picture. So that's we've talked about that a couple of times. Like people can be a little bit delusional; they don't know how right. deep the levels go. But let's think about for a second how long how long into his career do you think Dustin Poirier was before he realized that he could be the champion for real? You think he always knew? I bet he didn't always know. I, I think that some people do. I don't know that, that Dustin Poirier did. He just kept grinding. Just he, kept going. What he probably started to believe, that he, he might even had this thought crossed in the last two or three years, I'll never be the champion mm -hmm. because this is not falling my way. This is not fall. But instead, what he chose to do is just continue to be a samurai mm -hmm. and know that the process, a good process, produces good results. And if I can just be here, involved in this process in 10 years i'm going to be somewhere absolutely like because that's the that's the only formula that produces results mm -hmm. is time and consistency and discipline yeah equals results yeah you know you don't get real results without those three things and consistency and discipline that's easy for six years mm -hmm. but can you keep it going for 15 mm-hmm who knows most right. people most people can't keep it going for three weeks i think that was the, another part of it for me um because this is is you talk about the process what do you enjoy the process of doing and i do not enjoy like fight camp yeah no, getting ready for fights and stuff not but i love training yeah and so the pivot that it made in my life was perfect i love teaching i love teaching jujitsu i love teaching striking i enjoy working with fighters i enjoy uh, 
you know, sparring and having a good time. I enjoy the number one thing for me is I enjoy the camaraderie. I enjoy yeah, like these the tribe. Are my, these are my bros, man. This yeah, is my family. That's the best part. You know, that's for me. Okay, I didn't need to be a fighter. I needed to just design a life that kept me doing those things. Like I enjoy fighting every now and again, but what I love is training with my bros, my homies, my tribe, and getting better and just training. And what you, know? you what you start to figure out as a coach too is that it takes a village to raise a child Mm -hmm. right it's not there's not one special coach that takes a guy and and then takes the next guy and raises. it's not one special coach it's a special culture and a special tribe and the special guy at the right time that's what raises a fighter up yeah you know and being able to say well i fit this role in the gym maybe i'm not the king competitor anymore or maybe i never was Mm -hmm. But what I am is I'm a great leader and I'm a great jujitsu guy on the floor or or I'm a great striking guy or mm-hmm. I'm good at relaying this information to the new guys. The coach likes me to work with the brand new guys so that he yeah. can pay attention to the to the pros. You know, it takes a village to raise a child. And there's a lot of different roles that go into cre- to creating or nurturing um, someone into a champion. It's not. It's not just about that champion. Like you were talking about the circumstances. Mm-hmm. and It's not just about that champion. It's time and chance as well. Mm-hmm. For sure. Absolutely. That's uh, um, But, the yeah, the point I'm getting to was kind of exactly what you said. You know what I mean? Like everybody's got their role. And then also understanding that, like, I need to be somewhere that I enjoy the process of that. You know what I mean? Like I enjoy the, I enjoy this grind, this type of grind. I enjoy this type of work. And this is the end goal that I want. I don't like it I, when you start getting real with yourself you'll realize a lot of people run around saying you want to be a world champion no you don't Mm-mm. you don't want the grind that you comes don't even that. understand what you're asking for no you, like, you you don't even yeah they don't even get they don't even really fully understand how to get ready for a local fight you know what i mean yeah here's the analogy i give people all the time i say hey you can have anything you want in this life all you need to know is how much does it cost and am i willing to pay the price right if you know those two th- i want this uh i want a what how much is a lamborghini cost there 250 grand 250 i want a lamborghini I'm, are you long. aware how much a lamborghini cost uh no two hundred fifty thousand dollars. okay well now you know you can't pay that price mm-hmm. but if if you know it costs two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and you have the resources and the willingness to spend two hundred fifty thousand dollars, there's literally nothing stopping you mm-hmm. from getting the thing that you want. Right. And so, you know, we use a physical thing to like as a tangible example. But there's like, how much is it going to cost me to get the UFC championship? Your entire life. It's going to cost you your family life. It's going to cost you your body. It's going to cost you all of the anxiety and stress and mm-hmm. all the most important physical years of your life. It's going to cost you those. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know I was going to have yeah. to be here five days a week. You didn't know how much it cost. It doesn't matter if you're willing to pay it. Yeah. You didn't even know how much it costs. You do not have the resources mm-hmm. to spend on this. Right. Or yes, I know how much it costs, but I don't have the resources man. well then you're, you can't be the champion yeah man. i mean you can't have the thing you want i mean what you just named that's not just what it takes the champion that's to compete get to that's a just high to be level at a pro. that's to be at the level of the ufc yeah like or lower lower for some people yeah you know I mean, if you got natural like, talent that yeah takes like less of those resources yeah but i mean i know a lot of people that did all those things gave up the best years of their life 
worked out twice a day for four to six hours a day, ate nothing but but lean chicken with no seasoning and and you know or crappy seasoning and and uh, vegetables all day long and starve themselves, sacrifice the relationship with all of their friends and all of their you know, and they did all those things and still like like you're asking if you want to be a world champion is like I mean. For, say goodbye to your social life. Say goodbye to it's everything. It's it's done. Your world is right here in this gym all the time, twenty four seven. That's it. This is your life. Get used to it. You don't have a social life. Your kids aren't going to see you as much. You, you know what I mean? Like, and for most people, you're going to have to work a job on top of that. Oh yeah, because I forgot. Amateurs don't get paid. Oh, and as a pro, you're making three and three, four and four to start out. You know, maybe, maybe. You know, you're you're, you're making maybe six hundred dollars three times a year. Yeah, you're going to have to work a full time job. To support your family while you're working out for four to six hours a day while you're meal prepping and doing you know what i mean like nope most most people that come into a gym and are like oh i want to be a world champion you have no idea you have no idea and a lot of people that do all that and do all that work most the, of them the machine still chews them up and spits, spits them out, the them other out. Side. yeah nba is the best example of that like it doesn't matter how good you are how hard you work how much you love it and you're passionate like bro you're five foot yeah you're not going that's to the, the nba that's probably the most extreme example that there is you know what i mean because the nba like the, the good thing about combat sports is there's weight classes yeah and it's a little different type of athleticism than like football and basketball are. It's a little bit more grit oriented and things like you've got to have like certain mental aspects, which is easier to teach or you either got it or you don't, but it's different. Like, but if you're 125 pounds, bro, you're not going to make it in the NFL. You're going to die there yeah. on the field. There's no nothing matter, we can do to help. No matter how hard you work, or right. if you're willing to pay the price, it doesn't matter because there is a six. Well, foot you don't five have the resources to, to pay, pay it. To right. pay it, you don't have the resources. You don't have the physical resources yeah. to pay what's required. Sorry, man, you're just not. Um, you don't have enough money to, to buy yeah. this. I had a buddy that coached football for a long time, and he would say parents would come in with these kids, and the you know the parents are dumpy and not real you know athletic people and the kids not and they're like what do we need to do to get this kid into a division one college to get him get him on the line at alabama take take him to russia and give him some medicine there's no there's no medicine train with a bear yeah yeah, there's no medicine there's no medicine in russia (laughs) (laughs) let me tell you something listen there's no medicine (laughs) i've looked take take it from a guy who has experimented with russian medicine (laughs) there's no amount of that russian medicine that's going to turn that kid into into a lineman in alabama it doesn't exist okay i know all about these medicines i know about this russian medicine (laughs) it's not gonna happen you know it just isn't and it's a sad truth, man. Like and, it's not a sad truth, though. you know. Well, it's a sad like, truth. Not everybody is the best singer in the world, dude. right? That's true. Like it, th- it would take the beauty away. It would take the glory away of being the champion if everybody could do it. Yeah. Not everybody's qualified for the job. Yeah, but you 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 raised up in this uh, to quote Tyler Durden a little bit in this mm, world of you know we all thought we were going to be movie, movie stars, stars and, and rock gods you know what i mean and we're slowly learning that we're not and, and we're, we're very, very pissed, bit, off. pissed off about it yeah. dude as i learn that more and more like consciously listen i swear to god i truly know where i stand like there's levels but subconsciously there's part of me that's like no no no, keelan you can do it it's yeah like, it's like for example if we we're talking about jujitsu like okay keelan you're like halfway through the process of becoming a black belt like i'm purple belt halfway in the journey right and i know where i stand like there's uh, like bro brandon's way better at me than in jujitsu and still 
Like every time we slap and bump, it's a new round. I'm like, oh, I can Today's get Today's the day. <laughs> <laughs> you, know? you know what, though? I think you got to have that mindset. Yeah, d- a little you have bit. to. You got to have without, that little bit. Without of that. that belief, then none of it, you'll never start the process right. in the first place. So right. you have to believe that you are capable See, or you'll never take the risk in one, the first place. It's like I'm trying to like promote sub wipes with a sitting Sub wipes. Do you have a broke out back after jujitsu? Try subwipes. <laughs> Taking too much Russian medicine, back breaking out. <laughs> Try subwipes. Try subwipes. Are you uh, getting ringworm? You know. <laughs> um, yeah, that, those are Russian medicine. <laughs> um, I'll edit that out. Uh, but anyway, we. Uh, what I don't even know what we were talking about the, un- <laughs> the unhealthy or healthy belief in yourself. Yeah, whether it's like it, there's a line. You know what I mean? Here, but that's we've talked about the process. So like talking about kids that are delusional or whatever, okay? Um, if you love the process enough, why not chase it? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Well, there's a real fine line between like genius and madness. See, being a world champion is not a process. It's not. That's right. That's, that's a That's only an outcome that's like you have to love the process. If you love, if you just love being in the gym four to six hours a day and eating healthy and training for fights and doing that and, it, and you just legitimately love that process, being world champion is important to you, but you're going to do it either way. Dude, I heard Marcelo Garcia in an interview one time that they're like, Marcelo, how are you? Because at this time, he was just so much better than everybody else in jiu-jitsu. He was winning every tournament he entered and strangling everybody in every yeah. tournament. Not just winning, but strangling everybody. Marcelo, why are you so much better? What are you? What are the secrets you're doing? What's your workout? What's your strength and conditioning? Oh, I'm not going to do no strength and conditioning. Uh, well, what's the secret? I just love jujitsu more than everyone. Yeah. That's his secret. It's, that is the best Marcelo Garcia impersonation I've heard in my entire life. I'm, I'm here for, for I'm, you. I'm honestly being for real. That was a really good Marcelo impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm being serious. You sounded just like Marcelo Garcia to me. And I'm a big Marcelo fan. Like, I'm, I'm all on his, like, stuff. And, yeah, but, um, I mean, that's his secret. Yeah, he I loves just, it. I just love it more he than just loves you do. It. I'm See, willing. I will do what you won't do because I love to just be love here. it. There's no way you can do what I'll do because you don't love to be here. See, he would have worked just as hard and still competed and done that. For no dollars. For no dollars if he wasn't winning. For no for no championship on right. the other side. Exactly. Just because he, he loves it. it. And he loves that's it. the missing ingredient for yeah. most people. If if you're only in it, if your if your goal that you have is the goal that you have because of that end result the chances of you getting there is not very almost good. zero almost it's, zero. right because like if my goal is i want to be a millionaire okay what does that mean nobody knows you, you know what i mean like well you got to go out and hustle you got to do this got to do that but but how like what what's the what's the process i hate working on houses okay my dad owns a real estate investment company okay he's a millionaire okay he started when i was like 12 years old Dope. and hustled his ass off he took me to work every day that i wasn't in school he worked my ass off um for my entire life and um he would if i wanted to if i were like hey dad i know you're you're getting older you know i'll take this over it's mine now we'll grow it do it and we we did there was a time i left the gym and that's that was what i was gonna do and then somebody quit here i had to come back and here's the thing um with what he does it's a still a lot of like unclogging clogging toilets and like meeting with the banker and like, oh, which that part I didn't hate, but uh, unclogging toilets and, and doing all this stuff and, and like swinging hammers all day. And that was what it was. And I just absolutely fucking hated it. 
And it was like, yeah, I've got this million dollar business, multi million dollar business that's sitting here. That, yeah, but when you get the million, what, do you, like, what is the million for? It's to right. live the lifestyle that you right. want to live. Right. It's like the story so, about the fisherman, you know? You know tell, the story about the fisherman? Tell the story about the fisherman. You know, there was a man in a, in a village and um, um, he fished all day. He was a fisherman. And this businessman came to town and he said, hey, man, you know, you're so good at fishing. You've got this thing figured out. What you could do is buy yourself a fleet of boats, then sell way more fish. Then once you do that, you can like start a corporation. You can start pushing it to all the supermarkets. You can do it. And he had this big business plan and he built it up. And this guy, you know, at the time he's just at home all day. He just hung out with his wife and kids. He'd go fish for a few hours. He'd come back. He'd hang out with his kids, hang out with his wife. You know, they didn't have a lot of money, but you know, that was his life. And he gets this big business plan laid out and he goes, Hey man, so once I do all this and I have all this money, what can I do? Like, what, what do you do all day? He goes, man, you wouldn't believe it. I hang out at the house with my kids most of the morning. Then I go out, I fish for a few hours and then I come back in and then I hang out with my kids and I go to bed. And the dude's like, That's I was it. doing that before you come exactly along. Exactly what I'm doing right now. Like that other stuff wasn't important to him. So like, if you ha- hate, why, if you if your only goal is just to make money, why not just find a way to do what you want to do anyway if you had all that money, yeah, like I want to do jujitsu all day. I don't care if I've got a million dollars. If I had, a, if I had ten, if I won the Powerball lottery, I had and won five hundred million dollars, and I had it in my bank account right now. You know what I'd be doing? I'd be sitting right here doing this podcast after the after we after jujitsu seminar today. Yeah, I would have done that jujitsu seminar. I still have this gym. I'd done that jujitsu seminar, and then I'd be doing this podcast. It wouldn't change anything. Okay, so if I can do that with no money in my account versus do that with a five hundred million, I already kind of won the game. You won already. You know what I mean? I'm already doing exactly what I want to do every day. You know, I think getting people into that mindset of not everybody has to be a billionaire, you know, which, you know, you said this because I was at your event a lot long ago and that's something you were telling a lot of people there. Like not everybody has the same goal, like design your life, you know, so I'm kind of stealing this from you a little bit. Yes, go. um, Design your life for what you want out of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, what do you want out of your life? I think it's important. I I tell people all the time and I get, let's, we'll kind of close with this here. Yeah. I got to go to the bathroom, <laughs> but I only do what I want to do yeah. every day, you know, and everything else I just punt. And the, and the reason that I give myself permission to just do what I want to do is I've given myself a long track record of, I will treat you right. Like other people, I will treat you right. I will do what I think is the right thing. And I'll try my hardest. I know, I know those things about me going in. I got a long track record of, I know those things about myself. And so the things that I want are good. And so then I'm allowed to do whatever I want. Yeah. Because I know that it's going to, I'm going to try to serve other people. I'm going to try to serve other people's best interests with it as much as possible. And so since I get to do whatever I want, I'll go, because I wanted to do it, I'll go as hard as I can. Whereas with something I didn't really want to do, look, I'll get the job done and I'll probably do pretty good for you Mm -hmm. when deliver you the product that you wanted when I was working on it. But it won't be, I won't give it that 100% passion. Right. And I, you, you know, we're all like that. Mm-hmm. But if I want to do it, nobody can outwork me. Right. It's impossible. Like you can't work more than 100%. Right. You know, exactly. Like you can't outwork me. But what was I saying? You said if you can't outwork me. And yeah, then, nobody can yeah. outwork me. Right. You, 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 you just you can't 100%. work more than 100%. It's impossible. Right. Exactly. That's, that's like, and I'm not even, I think that you can make a lot of money doing a lot of different things and you don't have to absolutely love what you're doing to have a job. But at the same time, you know, people ask, 
you know, like, well, what, what was it? Why did your gym do so well in that area? How were you able to do it? It's like, dude, I just absolutely loved what I did every single day. I went in, I, I enjoyed it. And I gave 16 hours a day every single day at 100% every single time. And yeah, man. you know what I mean? Like, because I didn't feel like I was at work ever. I had I found that passion. I was really lucky to find it super young. And when I was young, I was stupid enough to be ballsy and make the right <laughs> decisions. And I just opened my gym with nothing. You know what I mean? Because I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. Fuck it. Like, let's just do this. Let's just try it. I probably wouldn't do that now. Didn't even know enough to know that it was a bad idea. Right. And that I didn't know any jujitsu. I thought I was, <laughs> I was a blue belt. I, I was too. Yeah, I didn't know. I, yeah, we talk about that. Yeah. Like, it, like, I think of blue belts now as like you're. So, so if you do jujitsu and you're not a black belt and you're listening to this, you're going to get like a peek into how upper belts think about you. Obviously, Brandon's higher level than me, and he may he may supersede me here. But I think of a blue belt as like you're barely not retarded most of the time. Yeah, I, I tell that you're not even a real person until blue belt, and I'm starting yeah. to think that my, that might not even be true. Yeah, at blue belt, it's kind of like okay, you like everybody quits at blue belt thinking they've got it, and it's like, dude, blue belt just means you like you're even worse at blue belt. You're easier to tap at blue belt than you were at white belt. Sometimes at yeah. white belt, I didn't know what you were going to do. You were crazy and spazzing out and flying all over the place. Right. At blue belt, you do exactly what you're supposed to do. You just still suck at it. Right, you're just really bad. So at now it you're still. predictable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're just predictable and bad at it. Yeah, now you're it's doing true. what you're supposed to do, but you can't do it right. <laughs> right. So I just beat you there. Right. People quit at blue belt. And you're like, how are you? Blue so belts again sad sometimes when you talk about them like that yeah they will i understand blue belts well i thought when i got to a blue belt i thought that because my teacher was a blue belt too like my instructor was a blue belt what about mo what What, do you he's a white belt paul high is not even a real guy (laughs) he's like uh he's been really inconsistent um he's got like he's funny he's one of these people that like have that natural like ability to do jujitsu mm-hmm. he's got the like dexterity and everything that i didn't have he just doesn't want to like put in the time consi- on a consistent basis until now he's saying he's going to get the blue belt this oh, year when but That's the goal for this by the end of the year how are you going to get it what are you going to do different just come to class every work day. harder okay there's no wrong answer i was just curious if you had a plan yeah he uh he like just really back and forth on it before, and then uh, you know he's saying this year he's going to be more consistent and and just come to do jujitsu. I'll just do jujitsu every time. You know, there's nothing so. more fun than going with Jake, following him around with the camera, and then strapping up when it's all said and done <laughs> and beating up on some guys. Just being a cameraman, it's, it's a fun feeling. I love I love to turn Keelan loose on because Keelan's super, he's super good at jujitsu. So when I when he rolls in, he's got the camera. People are just assume he's just the oh, he's, the, he's just the camera guy, and then he'll yeah, like you said, strap up and then go out there and ice some fools. I'm like, oh my god! And I'm like, oh, did the camera guy get you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you listen to the camera guy? <laughs> he barely even trains. What are you doing? That's hilarious. Well, man, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, man. Dude, that was been, fun. This man. has been a great episode, man. This is good. fun. Uh, yeah. You talked about how you don't do a good interview. I don't. Th- interviews are boring. Yeah, it wasn't. so don't do any interviews. Yeah, I don't like doing them. I, it's just it's not boring. It was also just not the vibe I wanted the show to have. Like an interview, like I'm asking you questions. And there's some people that are really good at interviews and make them not seem that way. But um, I just I'm not one of them. Like I just want to vibe with you and just kind of like hang out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I like I don't. I wanted it to feel like me and my boys were just kind of chilling and talking shit and talking about stuff. I didn't necessarily want it to be like a show. You know what I'm saying? I do. 
And so me and Lindsay have been doing the podcast. We've done two now. Well, plug your podcast, bro. Uh, it's called Brandon and Lindsay have a podcast now. That's a dope ass name. And it's on <laughs> Spotify and iTunes and all that. Nice, man. So Brandon and Lindsay have a podcast. Is it now in the name? Yes. Podcast now. Yeah, it's called Brandon and Lindsay have a podcast now. I'm not being sarcastic. That is a genius name. <laughs> like, I really like it. That's genius. That's uh, don't genius. Pretty easy to come up with. Please don't tell him that. <laughs> I already think I'm the best. Because, like, well, like, it's like, it's kind of like, it's kind of like you're winking at the fact that you didn't give a fuck what the name was. You know what I mean? It's like a wink at, like, I really don't care. Yeah, and it gets both names in. Yeah. Uh, it says what we do. It lets you know it's not going to be that serious. Yeah. I like it. Sorry yeah. to blow blow his head up. Could have just called it the podcast, or it's kind of like your no, B Mac show. I had show. to have the names in it. It's like the B Mac show. Like, oh, yeah. what do we call this thing? Let's call it not the B Mac show. Oh yeah. Like, okay, great. Yeah, y'all need to go check out his uh, YouTube show too. Not the B Mac show. Oh yeah. Pretty... Let's talk about the PGF just real quick before we get out. If we want to plug one yeah, thing, yeah, yeah plug, plug and whatever I, you want to plug. Keelan and I have a, a jujitsu league, like a sports league that we do together. Yeah. But I'm gonna let him talk about it because I always, I always do the talking. You're on, coach. Go. No pressure. Go. Um, so yeah, the PGF, the Professional Grappling Federation. It's uh, this new project me and Brandon have been working on. Um, it's a sports league, you know, with like a regular season, um, the playoffs, you know, like the finals. What it call it, the Super Bowl or whatever you want. It's built just like any other sports league. There's a fantasy league that goes with it, so you pick your players and follow your favorite people and thousand dollars cash to the winner of the fantasy thousand dollars cash real money for playing the fantasy league in this jujitsu league that we've created free to join no catch yeah so if you are interested in checking that out it's on youtube totally for free um on brandon's youtube you can just type in pgf season two and you're in the in the game friday nights seven o'clock central you can hop in there, watch some jujitsu. Uh, the rule set's a little different from most of the jujitsu tournaments or competitions out there, so we've built it to try to make it just more exciting. It's sub only. Um, yeah, uh, we haven't heard. We've literally had zero bad remarks or negative comments this uh, this season. So everybody's really liking it. The competitors, the fans, not even trolls. Yeah, man. It's no, been, not even trolls. Really. really, we were just talking you get on trolls the, on TikTok a lot. Sorry, yeah. we were talking on the way up here. YouTube commenters are the scum of the earth. We all yeah, know that. That's yeah. my that's my and, personal phrase I like to use all the time. And we were looking at this last week, week two's video, and it has zero dislikes. And I just feel like that's that means we're crazy. doing something wrong. It's like, like we're not reaching have, enough people. Yeah, we need we need because <laughs> that's what I think. Like I think if I see a business at zero batter views, almost like zero, I'm like, okay, they're just not serving enough people. Yeah. To make any money, you know, but yeah, so we're either not serving enough, which is can't be it because you're getting your views. We got the analytics. Yeah, you got analytics. YouTube's telling us we're getting more than so, we've ever gotten. So then it's just dope as fuck. It's just good, good product that yeah. we got here. So. It actually is compelling because I watched a little bit of y'all's first season and didn't get as into it, even though I knew more people mm-hmm. in it. Like, you know, there were several people that started, they didn't last, but they like started in it and I knew them. I was like, oh shit, I'm going to watch these guys compete, you know? And then this one, I knew fewer people, but it was like, I don't know, I guess I just kind of got... Well, we're way better at it this year, and we're, yeah. we're better at telling the story. I got sunk into it, because I've been watching a lot more now. Yeah, man. You know, I didn't, I, I only watched the people I knew in the last season, but now I'm like, I'm kind of just like watching because I'm like, hmm, let's see what happens here. The you Fantasy know? League is making it fun for people that don't really compete. Like, I have family members that don't do jujitsu. They know I do jujitsu, and like, that's cool, but they don't do jujitsu. Yeah. I don't really care. 
But hey, there's a thousand dollars to the. They're like, oh, that's a great idea, and they're like, they want to watch it more, and they want to see who won, and yeah. they're like, well, have I their think own so. little fantasy league. Yeah, it just gets fun for the the viewer. Yeah, which it is what you're makes it more interactive. Yeah, if you're thinking about the NFL and the NBA. I don't know the percentages, but I would be willing to say like ninety percent of the people that watch football on Sundays don't, don't play football. play football. Yeah, but in jujitsu, most right. of the people that watch jujitsu do jujitsu mm-hmm. and so you want to find right. a way to flip that and get get, get it more. fun for other people to watch as well and so yeah. the fantasy league's really starting to do that it's yeah. really cool it might be partly because i know y'all too, but i have never liked watching jujitsu no a lot of people don't even just, a lot i remember eddie bravo was telling me a story one time about he went to the world with jean jacques and jean jacques fell asleep during the black belt finals and eddie was like oh no and he nudged Jean Jacques and Jean Jacques goes, Oh my gosh, you're so boring. <laughs> and Eddie's like, This is a disaster. Jiu Jitsu is never going to make the mainstream. Even like one of the best practitioners in the world is bored in the black belt world finals, yeah. falling asleep. Like, and I was, a, there are really good matches that aren't boring to watch. But sometimes like, the but rule you got to find them. Yeah. The, the rule, rule set. set makes it boring. Yeah, it does. And or, then there's no exciting. story. There's no storyline. Yeah. Right. So, like with the PGF. There's an opportunity for you to see what he does week. Your your blue belt does this week after week after week. He's he becomes your butler. He becomes your twelve seed in the March Madness. He just keeps winning, or he falls short in this one. But you, it's somebody for you to pull for. Yeah. That feels like you rather than some world class black belt. Yeah. That you'll never be able to stay on the mats with. You right. Know? Like no, that dude got out there, and he he's reminds me of me or whatever. Like mm-hmm. I can see that for myself. Yeah. It gives you an opportunity to pull it, for the little guy. Yeah. It's a, it's a cool concept. Like, like, like I said, I'm watching it and I don't watch, I don't even, I mean, I watch some sub only stuff occasionally and I watch, but even with some of your sub only because of the overtime rounds, like, um, you end up people just stalling for yeah, the whole be, 10, 20 minutes. Boring. Yeah. With this like, format, a draw is an actual result. It's not right. just a no contest. A draw equals zero points. Right. So, you got a score mm-hmm. with a draw. It was zero. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you got zero points towards the playoff. We didn't get a no contest. Well, nobody won. Right. You know, no, there's, there's you a consequence. Lost. There's a consequence to a draw. Yeah. Like this. That's pretty cool. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, make, it definitely makes some because I've I've noticed the matches that I have watched. It does, and and the and the round times are kind of short, right? Yeah, short, six minutes, six minute rounds, so like blue belt rounds, basically. But the playoff is no time limit sub only. Okay, so you're, they're playing for the no, seating in the playoff. So no, no time limit. So no like EBI overtime or uh-huh. anything. Nothing. See, I like that, and I've done. I've been to tournaments like that a couple times before, and it does. Like usually they're out there trying to get submissions because, like I've said, with some of your overtimes, what I see is people holding out co- to overtime. Coasting to yeah, overtime. I, I want to go into overtime with full strength when I start, you know, on your back or whatever. And so that's that's what I do like about that is like you, you know every match that I've seen so far it's like people you're going for the finish they're looking for fin- they're looking for leg locks the whole time it's the only way they're, to score in yeah. the league is to finish somebody yeah and I six like for that. a choke three for a joint for lock. a joint lock that's dope or zero for a draw I think no time limit sub only is the only rule set that you can't really game either like you said stall mm-hmm. until overtime or just playing the points or get the takedown and stay on top like these are you're playing the game right. No time limit sub only. There's not really a game except for kill or be killed. Right. Either you're stalling to make them more tired than you or. And at the end of the day, the stall, you can only stall so long. Like we're here forever until someone quits. Right. Like it's the the idea like, hey, no matter what the rule set is, referees or not. Like if we were, if no one else was here 
and there was only me and you in the field or in the room. Who would quit? Who yes. would go home to their family? Right. Like that's kind of the, what we're talking about with no yeah. time limit sub only. So at the end of the regular season, after, we, after we've done all of our six minute matches, now we get to the no time limit sub only. There's no hiding. There's no way to hide yeah. by the end of the year. You learn to game the rule set, no problem, but you can't game it in the playoff. Right. There's nothing to game. There's just will you survive yeah. or will you fall short? I guess the only way you could game that system is like if you went through and you knew like you already knew which people you couldn't beat and you just like I'm not going to let them score points on me and you run from them the whole six months. You could do that right, and you could do that during the Yeah, um, during, right, during the that's season. what I during the season and then you know the people you can beat and you go for the kill on them but and if then you, you could do gain that, points but then you get to the overtime rounds later those dudes that you knew were going to kill you are eventually going to kill you. They're going to find you You're eventually. Not, yeah, There's nowhere to hide. Yeah. Yeah, I've actually never done one of those. It's a killing field. The sub-only oh, tournament's sub only. a killing field. The only yeah. thing that happens is that everybody quits except one guy. Yeah. That's the only potential result is everybody falls except one man. And I think most, I hesitate to say, but most people would agree with that. Like, you know, sub-only, no time limit. That's the way. Like, you talk right. about Gordon. Like, he's that's what he advocates, right? Mm-hmm. We all know that's the way. But it's hard to put on these tournaments like that if you're talking about like the ufc fight pass wants to do a no time limit sub only thing like man they could be there for 12 hours and it's like it's hard to do a production like that when you have to have commercials and sponsors and people involved we are who is in charge Mm -hmm. me and brandon put on this show so that's however we want it exactly Mm -hmm. and we just put that's the way is the no time limit sub only at the end of the day i like it that's cool awesome man well thank you guys so much for being on um you know, it was a lot of fun, man. I had a lot of fun today. We're going to go get something to eat, man. Um, make sure, guys, to give us a review. If you're watching, listen, watching. Can't watch a podcast. I guess you can on our camera. Um, I make that mistake weekly. I say watching us. Um, anyway, um, if you're listening to us on iTunes, make sure you leave us a review. That's how more people find the show. Uh, also, join the Man Up group on Facebook. Connect with other listeners. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll see you all on the next episode, guys. Peace.